The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreali with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to the show. I assume you're here because, like me, you question all the weirdness around us, especially where society is going as a whole. And today, we definitely dive into that, along with some cryptid stuff, of course, for some extra goodness. But before we get into that, if you guys don't mind taking an extra five seconds to rate the show on Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it. Or if you don't mind taking an extra 30 seconds to review the show on iTunes, that's an awesome way to uh, get the show out to some more people and to help the show grow. And the only way that's ever going to happen is with you guys, of course. And uh, if you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I definitely recommend that you go and do that if you want to get updates on anything going on with the show. Uh, you can also pop onto the Telegram or the Discord to get some additional information for the show, of course, and be able to have some awesome conversations with some awesome, like-minded individuals. And if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, uh, enthusiast of high strangeness, uh, a cultist, a uh, whistleblower, uh, I can sit here and I can, I can just make lists. But if you're an open-minded individual, I want to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you and get you on the show. So don't hesitate to shoot me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Uh, you guys can also shoot me a message on Instagram. That's the one that I'm the most active on. Or you can fill out the submission form on the link tree and that will go directly to my email. And uh, I mention it every single show because of being a podcaster, of course, and sending out so many different links all the time for different shows. Uh, everything that I send out seems to go to the spam or junk folder. So make sure you keep an eye out there and make sure my reply doesn't get lost because I do respond to all of you guys that are willing to take the time to shoot me a message. Of course, the least I can do is uh, give you guys a response, of course. And if you guys enjoyed this show, I definitely recommend going and checking out the other show that I do, uh, Bizarre Encounters, with my two awesome co-hosts, Oren and Jenny. Uh, we deep dive into the uh, paranormal, into the cryptid stuff, and into the UFO stuff. So, and if you want to keep tabs on all the different things that I do, I highly recommend going and checking out Open Minds Media, which of course is uh, kind of the umbrella that I put all of the different things that I do under. And uh, speaking of Open Minds Media, if you guys want to support the show, you guys can pop over to the Open Minds Media Patreon. There you'll get ad-free episodes of shows, you'll get early access to episodes, uh, you'll get lives of episodes, you'll get live replays of episodes if you're not able to make it to the actual lives. Uh, there's exclusive merch store discounts, uh, 
definitely go and check it out. See which uh, tier seems to suit you the best. You guys can also support the show by donating directly through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or you can even do it through uh, Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys want to do it through that method, of course, go down to the uh, show description and you'll see a link that says something along the lines of uh, donate on Red Circle. And uh, anybody, of course, that donates, please, uh, if there's not an option to leave some kind of personalized message, uh, at least leave your name, shoot me a message or something, because I definitely like to give you guys a shout out on the show. And any donation that goes towards the show, of course, is going to help to uh, make it so that Jenny, me, and Oren are all able to be able to go to events this year and actually get out and meet you guys. So kind of beneficial on all aspects uh, if you guys are interested in coming and meeting us at one of the shows or you know, meeting me, of course. And the third way to support the show is through the Open Minds Media Merch Store. There you'll find merchandise for Increase of Our Reality, Bizarre Encounters, Bite Size Bizarreties, uh, all the different stuff that I do. You'll even find uh, designs with the Open Minds Media logo if that seems to be something that you guys are interested in. And uh, I do request that anybody that gets anything off of the uh, merch store, please send me a picture of you wearing it because I'd love to repost it on the page and, of course, give you guys a shout out. If you guys want to support another creator, you guys can go and check out Joe over at Crypto Theology. Uh, he's always killing it over there with the designs, always adding some new stuff. Uh, I recently saw today that he added a design where it's a reference of The Crow. Uh, you know, of course, the comic book slash movie back from the 90s, but it's done Mothman style. It's pretty awesome. I definitely think you guys would enjoy it if you went and checked it out. Everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is down in the show description. And uh, with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, PJ Williams and Abby Libby from Conspiracy Pilled Podcast. How's it going today, guys? Hey. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Had uh, some awesome audio issues in the beginning where you had some lag. So uh, unfortunately for the Patreon members, they won't get a video version of this episode, but it'll still be good all the same because I can already tell this is going to be an awesome conversation just from the little bit of conversation we've already had before the show. Yeah, you didn't yeah, want to see just, face anyway. Yeah, I think we're doing the Patreon people uh, a service with this. And I want to say uh, Abby was blaming me before we even started, but she's not <laughs> entirely wrong. So first of all, glad to be on with a fellow Michigander. But we've been talking about this. We actually talked about this on our stream that we did on Saturday night, where anytime we talk about Dogman, there's some crazy thing that happens without fail. Like literally every time for like the last four years that I've been podcasting, if it ever comes up, there's tech issues. So as soon as I said that, we're like, oh, hey, we're both from Michigan. We should talk about Dogman. It's like, of course, of course, there was going to be tech issues. So I'm not surprised. I'm kind of laughing at that fact, but I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. <laughs> so I guess uh, we'll get through it. We'll definitely get into some Dogman stuff, but we'll save it for a little bit later in the show, right, just in yeah, case yeah. we start having some audio issues. At least it's time to start to get there anyways. <laughs> So uh, for anybody that isn't familiar with your guys' show or what you do, uh, why don't you kind of give them a rough idea about uh, who you guys are and uh, what exactly you guys do over on your show? You want to you take this one, Abby? Well, we, we talk about conspiracy theories. We talk about whatever we're, we're interested in. So some things kind of verge on the political and some things kind of verge on maybe ancient history or cryptids or ghosts or something but whatever we're fascinated with at any given moment we'll just do it i guess that's yeah. kind of how my show works in the same sense that it's kind of hard to keep yourself to a specific box just because mm -hmm. you have so much interested and you kind of just hop into whatever you feel at the time <laughs> mm -hmm. that's why I, I love the kind of conspiracy theory label because it's become so much more and it's it, it's a wide enough it's a wide enough range of things that really get to talk about all the stuff that we're interested in 
I mean, it's kind of like weird to think about, but it's like when you were actually in the community for a while, like you think of conspiracies as being like some kind of like government like cover up or like something specific. Mm -hmm. But like realistically, like Sasquatch is probably considered a conspiracy. It's just that like you almost Mm -hmm. kind of dilute yourself out to it actually being conspiracy when you're in the community just because it's so like common phrasing and just this common thing to talk about that. It's not even like, woo, everybody's like, yeah, fucking Sasquatch. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I like to think of it as everything kind of on the edges of accepted reality where things that people don't like to look at or talk about. So it can be kind of a true crimey thing that that's been covered up. It's it can be a, a cryptid thing. Um, but it all kind of feels the same in your brain when you're talking about it and thinking about it. Yeah, you feel like there's like a higher power, be it not necessarily the government, but like something Mm -hmm. that seems like it's trying to cover up the information from you for some type of like purpose that you may not fully understand at the time. But, Mm. you know, that's assumably beneficial to somebody to hide this information for whatever reason, even if it's a matter of being able to control people because you start to destroy their perception of reality when they start accepting the fact that there could be, you know, like a giant ape creature, man, whatever you want to call it, Sasquatch running around in the woods or that your government's lying to you in general. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody didn't want to believe that for the longest time. And then it took this uh, recent event that happened. And now even the average person that never wanted to believe in conspiracy theories is now questioning their government. And I mean, mm-hmm. assumably from like people like you guys, it's like that mentality doesn't make sense because I've been questioning the man my entire life. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think, I think it's just like, there's a certain aspect of, of, the world that people don't want to look at and all of those things are kind of where we're, we're going with this. So whether it be, you know, people don't want to believe that their government can do the awful things that they've done. They don't want to believe in things like MK ultra and MK Naomi and all these terrible things. They don't want to believe that <clears throat> Epstein's Island is real. They don't want to believe that there's, you know, weird, crazy cryptids and monsters out there or that history might be a little bit different than what they were taught. Uh, I, I think it's all of those things. I guess a good starting point too is I definitely always like to dig into like hidden history. And uh, as far as like your guys show goes, what's some of your favorite hidden history that you guys have dove into? And we can kind of just kind of bring this through the years, you know? (laughs) I think we've done a lot with the Nephilim stuff, the giants. Yeah. Yeah. It's come up quite a bit. So like we've had, I remember at one point people were asking us to read Enoch and it was one of those things I was avoiding for a long time. And then we both read it and we're just like, okay, here, here's a lot of stuff we want to get into. So we talked about uh, Gilgamesh and the, like, it, it, it's funny again, like how they all link together. Cause like our first episode that had to deal with Nephilim, I think it was called uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, the Nephilim DNA or something like <laughs> yeah. that. But basically like Hillary Clinton uh, in her email server had these things talking about the tomb of Gilgamesh and the resurrection chamber. So this goes to like the invasion of Iraq. It goes into, ancient history and all these cover-ups and giants and uh, mythology and stuff like that. So I, I kind of love having those topics where we can blend things. So like once in a while on our show, not once in a while, our show goes around where we'll do stuff. It's like, here's, here's a, an accepted conspiracy theory and here's what people think about it. Here's what we think about it. And then we'll just have these episodes like the one Abby just did where she links, what'd you like? Like, Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil, Psychedelics, and the Twilight series. <laughs> it's just like, you don't know how these things are linked, but they all link together. So yeah. I love I love kind of doing those ones where you just pull in all of these different aspects and kind of see how they're, how they're related together. So 
Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a pull I feel for the community as a whole is that people are starting to realize that all of these communities are more tied together than they are not tied together where, you know, you mm-hmm. had somebody forever that was like, you know, just specifically did UFOs or somebody that just specifically did political conspiracies or any type of cryptid. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to realize that like all these lines kind of blend. And even just like with the political stuff, you start realizing that a lot of like the weird stuff that people dig into could theoretically be stuff that they're hiding. And I mean, mm-hmm. like as far as, you know, cryptids go, a lot of these different things, there's a lot of conspiracy that they're actually like government experiments. So then again, that starts to connect into like a whole political view on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was one of the conversations we had early on. I think I told Abby, I'm like, there's these three, there's these different pillars of things that I want to talk about. And I feel like I want to build our show where it's on all of these different things. And I don't think you can honestly talk about conspiracy theories without talking about politics, without talking about religion, without talking about cryptids and and all of these other things. So um, ancient history, whatever. And I like that we kind of just bridge that gap. I, I would get incredibly bored if we did a show just about one of those subjects. I would feel so pigeonholed. So we kind of just gave ourselves some room to go wherever it goes. And then, and then of course I let Abby go off on uh, <laughs> twilight last week. Okay. It was a great episode. It was a okay. great episode. But when PJ gets to go off on his little tangents without any oversight, it's, it's UFO sex cults. So That's I, think, true. I yeah. think that we don't get to complain. <laughs> Abby got COVID last year and uh, we were, this was back when we were first like really scheduling out our show. And like coming up with like, all right, here we're going to talk about this this week and this this week. And we'll go back and forth because we share as in like one week, I'll present the theory and I'll do the bulk of the research. And then Abby gets to give her opinion and react to it and then back and forth. And one week early on when we were still working together more on each episode, instead of having it be more separated, and the person comes in and kind of gets the information for the first time the way the audience does. Uh, she was really sick with COVID and I was like, all right. I'm just going to look into something really random. And it came up with Raylian UFO sex cults. And she's like, really, this is what, this is what happens when I (laughs) don't have any oversight. But then, so we did that random episode and then one month to the day later, he called me in the middle of the night because Kanye posted the Raylian's logo on his Twitter account. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) Do you remember that when he posted the it's for people who don't know the railing logo is the star of David with the swastika in the middle. I actually didn't see that. I wasn't actually following too much on that Kanye stuff. I just kind of was sitting back and just kind of trying to see what would happen as a whole and not getting caught up in it. Like as each individual event happened, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to sit back and watch, see what happens first. <laughs> the Kanye saga was one of the most entertaining things on television. It was insane. In ever. Yeah. What's uh, your guys' kind of view on that? Because, I mean, there's a lot of people that are throwing out the whole idea about, like, MK Ultra and it's, you mm-hmm. know, wearing off or him starting to finally kick back on it. But, like, as far as, like, your, your guys' research into it, like, where, where do you guys kind of feel that all that high strain just kind of falls? Well, Harley Pasternak, for one, is as as confirmed of an MK Ultra agent as you can possibly get. And people don't know that that's the um, Hollywood trainer that was tweeting with Kanye or texting with Kanye and saying, like, if you step out of line, I'm going to drug you back into oblivion, essentially. So um, I feel like as far as that goes, I don't know. I don't buy into it as much that Kanye is like waking up from the MK Ultra and he's not controlled and he's saying all these wonderful things. Obviously, I, I don't <laughs> agree with most of what Kanye's saying and, uh, what, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I think he's I think he's a very messed up individual from from the from stuff like that. 
that's we kind did of, an episode on it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I say. That's kind of where I fall is the fact that I mean there there could be some type of tie to some type of mind manipulation. Maybe that's what made him not right in the head. Or maybe mm-hmm. in general, it's just one of those things that when you're a high pressure celebrity, it's just gonna happen at some point. And it's just to the matter of how bad it happens. You know, some people shave their head, other people will sit there and start yelling about Jews on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that he kind of came out and said that we talked about is is talking about those the Hollywood sacrifice culture where in order to get super duper famous, you have to basically kill somebody close to you. And uh, he said in an interview that his mother was sacrificed. He used a passive voice, but it, the implication is it, she was sacrificed for his fame. So I'm like, did he just admit to killing his mother? <laughs> yeah. And like, that's the part I think that was so weird too. Cause it seems like what he was saying in this thing, like if you, if you believe in this stuff, which, which I do, um, that, it does, it's not even that he did it himself. It's that he knew about it. And that was his sacrifice to get into fame. So mm-hmm. the Kanye thing was so weird, man. And we, like I said, we did do a, a full episode on this, but I felt like everybody wanted to make a hero or a villain out of him. And I'm like, I think this guy is, well, I probably fall on the more on the villain side, but I think this guy's really messed up. You know, I think, uh, it, I don't know. There's some weird stuff. You remember when everybody was trying to say he was wearing a Balenciaga mask right around this time to expose Balenciaga. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. He likes it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Did his, uh, did his mom pass away before he got famous or afterwards? Cause I'm always curious about that where if it's like, they already kind of start rolling and it's a matter of like, they have to do something in order to get to that like next stage of fame. Or if it's like, they have to do it in general in order to get fame. And then my other kind of view and weird backness to it too, is that like, is it, a matter of there being like some type of elite that just wants to see some type of control or is it actually something that's, you know, connected into like sacrifice with the whole like Illuminati slash demonic kind of idea of like what Hollywood is like, I'm always curious what side of the spectrum it falls on. Or even just if, if like the people that are doing it think that they're, you know, doing some type of like satanic ritual, but realistically there's people above them that know that there's nothing to it. They're just, again, trying to see what they could potentially make them do in order to see like pretty much like what they can do with them. Cause if you can get somebody to kill somebody for you, essentially you can have full control over them. And that's a whole other form of mind manipulation, you know, I think the timeline, it's oh, go ahead. the timeline for, to your, to your question. Uh, I just pulled up my old notes. <laughs> it was 2002 that he got his record that he got his record deal two weeks after he almost died in a car accident. It wasn't until 2007 that his, his mom dies. And I think it's not until even later, like 2013 that Jesus comes out and he starts to get really, really big. He's already big, but I don't know what you guys think. Cause I was going to say he did like through the wire and like all of his like first big songs that was coming up apparently before his mom passed away. So he's already yeah. like on, on that road, you know? So yeah. maybe it's one of those things that people are just trying to look for a tie. Cause assumably anybody that's famous, somebody around them that's close to him is going to pass away at some point. And you know, everybody just kind of uses that as like, oh, I, that's I, I definitely that's think it's a, I think it's a next level thing though. If we're talking about it in that way, like, I, I know enough people who got certain ways into acting Hollywood, the music industry and left when they felt like it was weird. Um, you know what I mean? So like, I don't think it's like before you ever get somewhere, but I do think if you're going to get to that, like 
superstardom thing. And you said, is it satanic or is it control? I think it's both. I think that we saw this with with Epstein Island in particular. This is one of the things that Alex Jones was talking about very early on. And then people are kind of starting to accept it. It's even been kind of accepted in the in the uh, mainstream narrative. It's like this plane and the, the, these things that they were doing to children wasn't just because they were depraved. It was also to get control and blackmail over these people. So I think I think on one hand, when people tell you over and over and over through symbolism and outright i mean you've seen sam smith lately like they're not even hiding the ball on what this stuff is anymore right Mm -hmm. so on one hand it's like you just believe them and on the other hand i I think it's blackmail i think if if they can if they can have you in the most compromising situation ever then they they own they own you essentially i mean it may also just be a form of mass mind control in the aspect of like you know, we came from a society that was very like Christian based. So now with all of the new views and like the woke culture and everything going on, of course they want to be able to display that essentially they're at the complete opposite of the past. So it may just be even symbolic in that simple sense of them saying that like we've progressed as a society, like, you know, fuck the old way of thinking like this is how we are now. And they may not even be doing it necessarily because they even like believe in anything satanic. It may also just be for the sake of just, shock value you know that they're trying to again show that they're different from the previous generations and in turn they can get a new generation of kids to follow them showing them that like you know we are vastly different from that last generation like and that that gets into this whole other weird thing with this whole like maoistic view of like where society's going but (laughs) yeah i think i think what you're talking about is true on a certain level i i have a hard time believing that the people who are in these secret cults and these societies, these not so secret cults and societies like the uh, Freemasons and stuff like that. I have a hard time believing they're not religious about it, but I, I entirely believe that a lot of the celebrities, pop culture, things like that are just trying to stick a middle finger in the face of, of God and of Christianity and things like that. So I think shock values, you know, probably more, more where Ozzy Osbourne's at and the, like the record, uh, the people who own the record industry and stuff like that. I mean, like half these people too, it may be that they don't even necessarily like pick what they're going to dress like, what they're going to wear. I mean, a lot of these celebrities, people think that they write their own songs. They come up with all their own things. Oh, they don't do any of that stuff. There's a really good number that actually do do that, but there's also a really good number that essentially they just have the right face or the right voice. So they don't write any of the songs. They don't come up with anything that they do. They just were that person that they were able to make into a puppet. So, you know, you show up to do your concert and they have this whole satanic stage and tell you to put on this outfit, you know, and then they offer you $2 million. Like the average person's not going to be like, oh, no, I'm, that, that's well, a little weird. I don't really want to do that. They're going to fucking prance around the stage and whatever the hell they fucking give them at that point. It's funny because this is true in music and in politics because there's there's two really good examples. This one is Lady Gaga. There was this producer, I can't remember his name, Rob or something like that. And he was basically finding these girls in the New York, New Jersey area who had a certain look and style to them. It was like shaping what would eventually become Lady Gaga. And then one girl dies very mysteriously, weirdly. Um, but the whole persona then goes to Stephanie, whatever her name is, Lady Gaga, essentially, right? So like, you got all these girls, you're trying to find the one that's going to be able to carry this brand into, you know, stardom. And then uh, recently I was looking into this with like uh, AOC. Did you know that like, there was essentially, um, auditions held for who was going to run in that seat. They want to have like a certain look and face and uh, idea of who this politician out of New York was going to be. So like 
actually interviewed people and then ran the person that that they that basically won the interview, which ended up being AOC. So I think that stuff happens a lot where they're just being, here's your, here's your name, here's your brand, here's what we want you to be. We just need to find the person in the face and whatever that can be that thing. I mean, you see that a lot, even not even just with you know, music in particular. I mean, just another one to throw out there is like six, nine, for example, you see all of him, like when he was in like prep school and shit and he was just some normal right. ass looking dude. And then all of a sudden he's tattooed on his face and trying to start fights with everybody. Like he's playing a fucking character. Like, I don't know why people mm -hmm. see it as right. anything else. And I mean, I don't know how uh, in depth you guys want to get into this whole thing, but even like Dylan Mulvaney coming from like mm. the whole background of being like a Mormon and like half the time, like, I don't know. There, there's obviously something like off about that dude to begin with, but like, I still feel like there's also a very, really good possibility that somebody just kind of came up to him and offered him something that he wanted. Yeah. And he's just like playing a character intentionally. Mm -hmm. It's a Faustian bargain. I, I, do you, okay. Question about him. Do you think it was a joke? Cause I thought it was a Babylon B style joke the first time I saw it. I mean, the Dylan Mulvaney thing. I, yeah, I honestly, when I first saw like the original things back on like TikTok and everything, I thought it was a joke. Where he's like in the short shorts, dance around with the butterflies and the high yep. heels, like day three of being a woman. I thought it was a joke. That's what I thought. I, I thought it was somebody just honestly trolling, almost like that gym teacher that did yeah. like the giant tits. But then as yeah, soon as yeah, yeah. I saw the thing where he went and talked to Biden, he's like sitting there talking about like a cookie. I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like this dude's for real. <laughs> <laughs> I was so convinced that he was going to come out as a joke. And then I looked into his background. I was like, oh, no, this guy's always been an actor who wants fame in whatever way possible. Right. So, Which yeah. makes me ask how you always hear them say, I want this look. I want this style. And, and we kind of chalk up some of that choosing to to that. But how much is it more? How desperate are you? What are you willing yeah. to do? And choosing people based on that as opposed to any genetic blessing. I think I think that's probably fair to say. Like when I said they're trying to get a certain look and style, I think they're just trying to find the person who can then basically who they can control to be, become this thing. Like they don't have to be that much. They don't have to be that attractive. Like right. I, I think Lady Gaga is kind of ugly. She's ugly. <laughs> the girl that the girl that uh, that was in that position to become Lady Gaga essentially was way prettier than who they took. So I think you're right. I think that Stephanie was just a lot more malleable to mm. what they wanted maybe i mean especially all like the weird stuff that she gets into like i wonder how much blackmailing there is involved with her behind closed doors because there's all the uh what's that called um where there there's that they they like pretend like they're like eating people there's like a name for mm -hmm. it um oh my gosh yeah with um uh marina abramovich and they've yep. got those cakes that look like people spirit and lady cooking? gaga's got all those pictures spirit cooking that's it yep yeah well Spirit cooking is a little bit more than that, but yeah, that is part of it. It's all the same person. I mean, spirit cooking is like weird shit, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a matter of, yeah. again, finding somebody that's willing to do all of that weird kind of stuff because they almost try to play it off where she's, I mean, it, depending on which view you're coming at, like the things that she's doing are clearly intentionally like mm -hmm. anti-Christian, but they mm -hmm. try to like hide it under being like artistic, which is kind of like what this new generation's kind of doing is that they're hiding all of these like things that are against like the morals of what humans are to begin with. And then they're hiding it under this umbrella of being artistic or being like an mm -hmm. individual or being creative when that's not really what it is. Like you're deteriorating from right. like the natural perspective of things because again yeah. like I, I always say i've said i think i've said it multiple times on the show but you know you can 
breed your views into the next generation as much as you want to. But if that next generation isn't able to repopulate, it kind of defeats the purpose of like what humans are here to do in the first place. Because any animal, mm -hmm. your goal intention is to try to survive so that the next generation can survive after you. And that's the goal of life. So as soon as you start taking away the ability to reproduce, like what's... What's like the intention of like a, the existence of like your, your race? Like there's no progression, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Do you think that that's intentional? Cause I think that they actually, I believe them when they say they want to reduce the population. When, when Paul Ehrlich writes a book in the 1970s says we need to reduce the population because X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Then the population explodes and doubles and triples and actually poverty goes down and world hunger goes down and all these things go down and he's wrong. They're still bringing the world economic forum still brings Paul Ehrlich out to say, see what I told you, the world's getting worse because we're overpopulated and they're like constantly pushing this stuff. So yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that leads into a whole lot of other things like AI and people seeking eternal life. But I, I think they really, really, really do want to, to depopulate the earth. I mean, there's different views on that. As far as like, I feel like they might get to a point where people aren't able to reproduce and the intention for that might be so that they can pick who can reproduce and how many people get to reproduce yeah. and you have to obey the rules in order to be able to get a kid and all this kind of shit. Or the other aspect of looking at it is that they're almost trying to weed out the people that they you know, may not deem as worthy to exist or however you want to word it. I don't know how to word it and make it sound nice, but maybe the intention is that they're trying to weed out like people with like mental illness. Um, just because mm -hmm. then it's again, like less people to deal well, with these people are eugenicists, right? I mean, they're, they're pretty openly eugenicists. A lot of them too. Uh, Bill Gates is a eugenicist. His father's a eugenicist. They, they have the Margaret Sanger awards. They give out to people. She's a eugenicist. So the idea of them trying to weed out the undesirables is barely even hidden. Like they, they say it all the time. But in the process, they're of course making every single dollar off them that they can because people don't realize how much all that surgery costs. So as soon as mm -hmm. you start doing that kind of stuff, you're essentially a slave to the system till the day you die because you're always going to need pharmaceuticals. There's no point where you can just not be taking anything and be able to sustain yourself because your body wants to go back to what it's originally doing. So just to get in turn by anybody doing that, you instantly become a slave to the system because you're going to have to keep up on the medication your entire life. There's no, there's no going back up from that. Oh, it's an extremely expensive. I mean, I don't even want to get into the details of it. But yeah, you're right. Between hormones and the, the surgeries and everything, it's they're, they're profiting off of the people that they're killing. Essentially, they're just killing them over a much longer period of time. So I think in all honesty, they found something better than abortion. I think they found that if they can mutilate and drug someone for till they commit suicide, essentially, mm -hmm. that's much more lucrative for them. And it still achieves the same purpose of, of depopulation. I mean, shit, you're pretty much paying them to castrate you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. literally literally are yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's no other way of looking at it like <laughs> like i don't know how far right. you guys want to get into this whole topic because i could go on this one for a while but i've had a lot of like built up on this stuff where like i don't even like honestly send my my daughter to like public school just because of like how mm -hmm. this culture is where it's like i want her to grow up and know that there's like again people look at it like it's a bad thing but even in nature there's defined roles that certain things are supposed to do and that's what you're kind of like mm -hmm. in tune to be able to do so as soon as you start 
confusing that and mixing everything up, then people get into this weird spot where they don't know like their place in society anymore. And then everybody's time to start mentally freaking out from that because as much as people don't want to admit it, everybody likes to have like their spot, their niche. Like they want to know who like they are. And mm. if you get into like spiritual stuff, of course, it's like this is very like surface stuff, but like the average person, you know, they need to be able to fit into their box somewhere. And if you start destroying this box where they don't really know where they fit in anywhere, then like again you're able to control people off of that because you could even come in and say you know like you come charging in on your horse and say all right i'm your new leader of this and i agree with you that this is a bad thing and then you're able to control this whole misguided group of people like maybe that's part of the intention too is that you have one side that's completely following the government and living to be part of this woke culture and then the second side that they know are the ones that they have to worry about because they're the ones that are going to rise up eventually one day they know that if they kind of leave them all scattered and sitting somewhere that all they have to do one day is eventually just deploy a leader in front of them that seems to fit their views and they could essentially completely manipulate that group of people into being <laughs> not like yes. for them instead of against Sorry. them. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see Ab, the gears turning behind Abby's eyes. I'll, I'll let you speak for a minute. No. Oh, oh man. I, I think I lost my, my thread back a bit, but Oh, okay. So we were, we were talking about hiding stuff behind art and it's like that's not art that's just a satanic ritual but it's the same it's the same thing with with the transgender stuff at, at every point in the history of ever when you've had castration um and and mutilation on this level or at any level it's always been in service of demons there's never been a point where people just did that for for fun I mean, if you're looking into like the biblical representation of it, you look at like, again, a lot of this stuff's kind of miscon misconstrued because you take like pagan religions, then you start taking the, the aspect of like uh, cr Christian viewpoints starting to like go against pagan views in the past. Mm -hmm. But then you end up with like images like the Baphomet, for example. And I mean, mm -hmm. that's been tampered with. I don't want to say that that's like the legitimate, like what that entity would look like. But at least mm -hmm. the depiction wise, you're looking at a thing that's half human half or that's half half male half female and has some type of animal involved and as far as like where society's going everybody's doing this like mixed match gender fluid thing mm -hmm. and we're also telling people that furries are okay which means that the next that, step yeah. is going to be <laughs> since we're already doing the whole like minor attracted person the next thing i guarantee you that they're going to start saying is acceptable is bestiality with certain animals that's how it'll start it's already it's dude it's already there we we did um we did a, a tiktok about how there's human animal hybrids that they've been working on in the uk since 2008 and honestly that research goes back to soviet russia in the 1950s and earlier but i mean honestly i think it goes back thousands of years but uh i did this whole thing about it i'm like look they're actually breeding chimeras they're calling them chimeras they've been mm -hmm. doing this for a long time and our our messages were full of people going, yes, finally we get uh, uh, furries and rabbit ladies. And like, I don't even remember what they were saying, but like they weren't even, it's sad that these people weren't joking. I think we have a whole generation that's so addicted to like weird styles of hentai porn that they've already got that idea into people's head that they're becoming attracted to, to animals and things like that. It's kind of, it's kind of messed up, but I think you're right is what I'm saying. And that's the, the fucked up part about, about a lot. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I was just going to say the fucked up part about it, at least for Japan, the reason why they have animals is because they can't have two people doing it. So it's not even like they're doing it because they were into that weird shit. They're doing it because they had mm -hmm. no other option. <laughs> 
it's it's both these things, right? It's this combination between creating this this desperation, this need through, and you see it in the United States too, with just the gender wars and all of this, and, and loneliness and incel culture and all of this stuff. Um, but then you throw pornography into the mix. That's not it's not a static thing. It's pulling people in these directions as they get deeper into these things, um, into the hentai stuff. And so I think that so often with the alphabet community, you have you have people who who say they were born this way, but that's not really what happened. It's it's from the earliest stages of puberty they started down these paths that bent their minds in these directions. I think that nobody's born that way, but it's really easy to bend anybody's mind uh, in toward a, a certain direction, especially with with something like a progressively escalating pornography. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's even earlier than that if you think about it. Like. <clears throat> Growing up, you know, four or five years old, I was thinking, how much, how much softcore porn did I see as a child? And didn't so even realize that that's what I was looking at because yeah. of either advertisements or TV or movies or billboards or like you really, we, we have such an overly sexualized culture from a young age that mm -hmm. it's not uncommon to see what would normally be considered pornography just in the open. Yeah. Grocery right. stores. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's where I remember seeing it first. Even just pornography in general, like even getting past like the whole uh, like trans aspect of like sexuality and stuff. Oh, <laughs> we lost him. I've, yeah, see, because I, I hit the camera, but <laughs> even oh, going yeah, into yeah. like the whole like trans aspect of everything past that, like pornography is kind of just kind of like ruining the aspect of like the whole male to female relationship is especially mm -hmm. like where it is now because you're breeding this generation of males that don't think that they're good enough for anybody because they can mm -hmm. just, you know, look at porn and everything. And then you have this generation of girls where they think that it's totally acceptable to be an only fan model. And that's like a totally right. viable income. And then they want to be able to have like a, like a normal family and a normal relationship. And it's like anybody that, you know, kind of has like the old views on how things should be like, isn't going to want to get with like an only fan girl. And the only friend girls, of course, are also kind of like they're even with like music and everything with the whole like bad bitch mentality. Like they mm -hmm. all think that they're like way the fuck up here and that all the yeah. guys are way down here. And then also the motivation of guys is way down here because they see all these girls that are like, think they're models and everything online. So it's like ruining this gap of like, just yeah. even like the normal male to female relationship of pushing down males and making all girls feel and seem like they're unachievable. I feel like this has been most, <clears throat> I think it's been shown to us most clearly in that. What, what is it called? What's next pod? Or what is that podcast? That Whatever. Crimes keep going? Whatever podcast where it's like this, these, these two dudes get these chicks on who are like, I believe I deserve X, Y, and Z from a man. Also, I should be giving it away online for free or for, for money. And that's, that's totally acceptable and wonderful. Yeah. It's like, they want, they want both. And that's kind of where our culture is at. And then the guys, on the other hand, they want, they want both too. They want to be able to have, the woman who takes care of them and cooks and cleans and does all these things and have their only fans models and have their, their extra relationships and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, it's weird because we're not getting, we're not getting out of marriage and relationships what we're supposed to anymore. And it's destroying the family. And I think again, I think, I think that this whole, this it really comes back to what I was saying about uh, depopulation there. It's, it's a multi-stage 
attack. Like on one hand, you got people who on, on the right side of the aisle are going to look and say, oh, look, on the left side of the aisle, they're, they're mutilating their kids. They're aborting their kids. Um, but isn't it cool if we have a naked girl wrapped in a flag and we just don't pursue mm-hmm. relationships? So it's being, everybody's getting it. Everybody's getting to some degree, this depopulation yeah. agenda pushed on them. They don't, I think a lot of people didn't realize it. Yeah. So, so many conservatives I've seen unironically saying, you shouldn't take your kids to drag shows, take them to Hooters. And it's like, <laughs> no, stop. It's like, you're so close. You're so close. <laughs> just, just stop with the first half of the sentence. Yeah. I mean, uh, in general too, even kind of more so pushing into what I was saying, it's kind of, it's a destruction of like masculinity to begin with yeah. where you see like any male in most shows now is like, he's not like the, the head of the, the dad is usually like an idiot or, you know, he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Or I see it in most shows that the dad isn't even involved. Like the dad left and they play the show off where it's like the mom and then like the kids and everything. Like back in the day, you know, everything in the nineties, there was like the generic, like, you know, mom, dad, like typical American, like household, like wholesome family. And now it's like every single TV show you watch the dad left and it's the mom raising it. And that's like what they're trying to like portray as like the normal family. And they're just like trying to make like males and dads just look like we're way worse than what we are. Like we're just a bunch of like bumbling idiots. And it's just, Mm -hmm. again, like a, a destruction of like masculinity and everybody looks at it like it's some like negative thing. But again, that's like a push towards you know, they don't want to have masculine males because those are going to be the ones that fight back. And mm-hmm. same kind of thing goes that all, all the girls now, you don't think about it until you're in that situation. But when the shit hits the fan and the way everything seems to be, you know, it seems like it's going to happen probably sooner than later. You know, you may want your little femboy now, but as soon as the shit hits the fan, you're going to want that burly motherfucker who is able to be a, uh, you know, apocalypse kingpin. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. I, I, I'm a, I, no secret, a big fan of gender roles. And like this, but you're exactly right. Like there was a, in the early nineties, really in the late eighties, early nineties, you had stuff like family matters and all these things. that was like the dad was the moral bedrock of the family. He was the, and he was a leader. And then you get, unfortunately, I love the Simpsons, but that is where this, this whole thing I really think started where it's like, actually the dad's this bumbling idiot. And he's just like, yeah, wife, I'll do whatever you want. I'm going to drink beer and and neglect my kids and, and be kind of an idiot. And I think that we completely shifted this idea of what the male, of what male leadership looks like. And you get really two examples. You get the, the dumb idiot Homer Simpson type. And then you get the, uh, mass toxic masculinity asshole type instead of like the 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 strong uh moral bedrock of a family type which is when you put into society that much it starts to propaganda works is my point and those are two sides of the same coin that people don't realize the femboy thing and the and the Andrew Tate toxic right. side where it on neither of them believes in real masculinity one of them is performing something faking it they're they're faking what they think masculinity is supposed to look like and performing some caricature of it as demonstrated by their jerk fathers right and then on the other hand it's just guys who've given up like okay well i'm just gonna i'm not even gonna try i mean i feel like we kind of we were at like a like a peak point for as far as like what the male's role in the family was and then because Mm -hmm. of that that's why we had to start pushing back the other way because of course you know you had like 
our parents' generation that the dads would never say I loved you, but they would still like obviously show that they cared about the family because they'd be sitting there and supporting the family. And then you go into like the 90s dad and the 90s dad was like the different dad. He was the one that supported the family, but he was also the one that was able to get close with his kids and tell them that he loved them. And that was like mm-hmm. the ideal like peak for as far as like the male role right. goes as far as the family goes. But I feel like because it hit that peak where everything was just exactly where it needed to be, that's why these powers at will had to come. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Completely spin that shit and throw it back the other direction is because they knew that we we're kind of getting to a point where it was like harmony amongst like the genders almost where it wasn't like males were thinking that females were less, you know, females could go out and get a job, do whatever the hell they wanted to. The male could do the same thing, but you also Mm -hmm. had the ability back then that, you know, one person could stay home with the kids and it didn't matter. Like the male could work, the female could work. Like we're at like a perfect point as far as like where the roles go in the family. But just because of that, that's why you had to just get right in there and just fuck that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime we have a functioning view of morality in society, that does not that does not work with the the uh, agenda that they want to push forward. So, yeah. So propaganda, uh, man. Yeah, literally. So you know, we've been going on this one for a while, and I'm sure that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the listeners might want us to change it up a little bit because I could rant yeah. on this shit for hours, but I feel like we've gotten to a point now where it's almost like the COVID thing where everything that has been said about it, I feel like everybody kind of knows and right. the, the spots where everybody is now, I don't think that there's going to be any like opinion changing, like how people feel yeah. is kind of where they're at now. And the only right. like opinion changing that really happens is, I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to no agenda, but you see it a lot on there is uh, the people mm-hmm. that have gotten these surgeries and now they're starting to have issues with them later on. Like that's the only ones that are starting to change their mind now, as far as this fence go or the ones the that transitioners. Yeah. yeah. The ones that end up having an issue because of doing all this kind of shit and falling mm-hmm. too far into the culture. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I, I feel like we, the Chekhov's gun of this whole episode was dog, man. We kind of talked about it at the <laughs> beginning. I feel like we should talk about it. That's what actually, that's what I was going to start bringing up next was a uh, good old Michigan dog, man. And I mean, we can kind of bring this around, not even just necessarily to Michigan dog, man, but since I got another Michigander in the house, I definitely want to hear uh, your opinions on what you think the whole Michigan dog, man phenomenon could be. So this is funny. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't really know about the dog, man legend for a long time, even though it was a Northern Michigan, like radio thing. I'm, I'm kind of surprised I didn't hear it growing up. Um, but you're familiar with that song, right? The one that came out of Traverse city, the, yeah. Uh, Steve cook, the, the legend. Yeah. Steve Cook, thank you, the legend. Yeah, yeah. But um, for me, it started because I had a weird experience when I was a kid and I never knew how to classify it. And then as an adult, I started uh, getting into podcasting and somebody's like, well, you're from Michigan. You should cover the dog, man. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I looked into it. I was like, holy crap. I think that was what I experienced when I was 10. So for me, I was out in the woods, basically um, <clears throat> up near Traverse City. I uh, was at a friend's house and he had this really nice house, but it was really secluded, like way out in the woods. And we were probably 10 and we decided we were going to go camping out behind his house, like even deeper into the woods. 
And it was probably two in the morning. We're finally starting to get tired and wanting to fall asleep. And I heard the scariest sound I've ever heard in my life. Like, I don't, I, I still don't know how to describe it. And I, I just want to say for people who are going to like message me and leave comments, I do know what an owl sounds like and a mountain lion and, and things like that. I've spent my whole life, you know, hunting in, in, the, in Michigan and doing all these things. But the best way I can describe it is it sounded like, a, like a, a goblin screaming and cackling. And it was, it was the most blood curdling thing I've ever felt in my whole life. And it took us a good minute to like gather up the courage to like sprint back to his house. It was like, you just freeze. Cause the, the sound was so crazy. And then his parents were like, well, it had to have been a mountain lion. They started playing sounds of mountain lions and all of these other things. I'm like, that's not it. I couldn't figure it out. And I, I would look this up every couple of years, just out of curiosity. I'm like, I just, I can't ever find a sound that sounds like this. And then when I finally came across the dogman stuff, that's how people were describing the, the sound is like, it's not a mountain lion, but it sounds like, you know, sometimes like a woman screaming or like some type of high pitched demon cackle, like some, something really weird. So I've never seen a dog man, but like just, just that experience of like feeling it and hearing it, like I'm kind of convinced that that's what that was. So I've just been kind of interested in this story ever since. And then there's weird stuff that's happened since then. But Well, I definitely want to dig into the weird mean? stuff that's happened since then. Because, I, I mean, shit, I didn't even know you had a Dogman encounter. So you got you completely got my attention on this one now. And uh, before <laughs> when you had that encounter, just because I've been like really heavy digging into this stuff lately, uh, did you by chance happen to hear like the metallic like grinding door sound? God, I don't think so. And it's really hard to remember because it was over 20 years ago and I was so terrified in the moment, but I just remember thinking, uh, I grew up as a Spider-Man fan and I just remember thinking like, this is like hobgoblin on steroids. Like it's something otherworldly. Like th th that's probably the only word I could use to describe it. And again, I've listened to tons and tons of mountain lion stuff and they do sound weird and they don't even sound super far off from what this was, but it, it was just so otherworldly that I don't know how else to describe it. And then since then, you know, we were making a joke like this, this audio, this, this podcast isn't going out on your Patreon and video for a reason, <laughs> because every time I talk about this, we have these tech issues. So the first time I did an episode on this whole thing was going to my co-host from my microphone, but it was recording from my webcam. So the audio was really, really bad. And I was like, ah, oh, man, it was still a good episode, though. So let's try to upload it. I uploaded it. Five minutes were missing in the middle. Ooh. Unexplicably. Like, I can't, like, the, the audio file, it wasn't two different audio files. didn't stop recording and start recording again. It was just the five minutes where I told a certain aspect of the Dogman story. Like, the most important part of the episode, completely missing. So then we go to do it again. And the internet cuts out. And then we go to do it again and the file gets corrupted. Then I finally, I get invited on another podcast, another fellow Michigander about two years ago. And he asked me the dog man question. And as soon as I said the word, the, the stream shut off. And I told him right before, I'm like, every time I talk about this, something happens and the stream shut off. And then me and Abby did two episodes that involved dog man with, with this show. And the first one, I don't remember if we had any tech issues that time. I think it went okay. I think it went okay. But the most recent one was the biggest. It was the hardest I've, time I've ever had putting out a podcast ever. Um, basically, we had a two and a half hour long podcast and we got a we, we live stream. We got like 45 minutes into it. 
And that whole time was just cutting out and things were going wrong. And eventually we're just like, we've never had this happen before. And I have, I have two forms of internet before this happened for this reason. So I've got my hardwired internet, um, which is high speed fiber. And then I've got an AT&T Wi-Fi hotspot generator just for backup. Both of them went down and then we reconvened, tried to do it again. It went down again. We finally, two or three hours after we're supposed to record finally started to record we're up really late and then every time i tried to upload it we had an issue it took me 24 hours of trying to upload this episode after we finally got it recorded to get it out and it was um it was about werewolves and nephilim and things like that but there was a part in there about saint christopher i don't know are you familiar with the saint christopher link with the dogman stuff uh i maybe refresh my mind a little bit and for the listeners that don't know also you know kind of give them the idea for, for sure. Yeah. So St. Christopher is uh, this, this Catholic saint and he is always depicted with the head of a dog and he comes from a Canaanite tribe. And what we were saying is if you look into these old, um, the, the words that the Bible uses for all these different Nephilim uh, tribes that, that uh, Abraham went to war with in Genesis 14, I believe um, their names are really interesting because it seems like what it's saying in the Bible is that all of these things are actually not just Nephilim, that there's different types of cryptids. And this particular type of cryptid, I can't remember. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, the Ammonites? It wasn't the Ammonites. I don't remember. Uh, it was one of... No, the Raphaim are the, the ones that I said are kind of like where I think we get the vampire lore from. But oh, they're the ones who go back and forth between the dead and the living. So this one was like the Ammonites, I think. And their name literally translates to lapping the people who lap up water so like a dog yeah. and this is the same tribe that saint christopher would have came from and i'm like it's just interesting that the word sounds like people who have people who are like dogs dog men saint christopher is always depicted with the head of a dog and the glowing red eyes or blue eyes or something like that because you hear both with uh, the, the dog man say for at least in michigan it's either red or the amber eyes but i've heard of blue too I've heard of blue, but it's usually red. And I think St. Christopher's blue. I don't know. And it's it, either way, um, really odd that there's a saint that is constantly, can, constantly depicted with, with the head of a dog. So, I mean, even um, just connecting into some old world stuff too, there's also the Greeks would talk about this group of people that all had dogs and they, they all had dog heads and they were, I don't, I don't remember right. exactly what their name of them was. So I don't, I'm not even going to try to guess at it, but you know, there, there's multiple references from different civilizations of there being societies of dog headed people. And I mean, you even go into like Egypt and you have like Anubis, for example, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is this is something we talk about a lot where it's like i think people it's very easy for them to look at the old legends and the old lore and and religions and stuff like that and think well, this is just someone something someone made up around a campfire but to me they just all they all link up together way too well mm -hmm. i think to be talking about stuff that's not real so um this is like that particular is why i believe in in cryptids and stuff like that because they've been talked about forever from all these different all these different cultures throughout the world. Same as the, the flood narrative. Like there had to have been a flood at some point when every single culture spread out worldwide. It's like, yeah, there's this massive flood that like wiped out almost everybody. I mean, it's yeah. referenced in North mythology. It's also referenced in the Epic of Gildamesh, the Bible. Like there's way it's too everywhere. many things about the flood Caribbean, that we know at least the flood happened. And then Chinese, yeah. Egypt talks about there being seven great cataclysms. My general right. rule is if the myth is everywhere where you don't have people groups talking to each other, it's true. 
on some level at least it's true um now people will sometimes lie in the way that they tell a story so not every aspect of the story is going to be true but when you have every single ancient group of people talking about giants and then you're trying to explain it away with a metaphor like oh they just meant like intellectual giants you're telling me that all of these cultures use the same metaphor such a modern western way to think about things by the way it's like no they they said and meant giants they even gave their measurements and heights so right i mean you dig into lore of anything there's giants in the bible there's giants in native american lore and then you even dig into like old newspapers and up until the smithsonian started getting their hands on it there was giant skeletons being found everywhere and then all of a sudden we talk I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was saying then just like they went away. Like they just made them disappear. Like you can only see some of these giant bones only in like South America from from certain museums from what I've heard. But I've never even, I've I've never seen them in person. So I don't know for sure. But obviously you can't find any in America. Like they're all hidden with the Smithsonian. The New York Times had at least three or four major headlines in the late 1800s about giant bones. And in the last one, it was like 1911. It was like, and the Smithsonian showed up and then you never see them talking about the giant bones again, but you know, even with ancient history, um, what is it? Josephus, he's considered one of the most accurate, uh, first century, the most accurate first century historians where most people take his word very seriously. And he said in his time, giant bones were on display in different places. You could still see them. So yeah, it's when it's worldwide and it spans thousands of years, you got to kind of go, maybe not every single person just conveniently came up with the same lie. Maybe they're talking about a real thing. And I mean, realistically, you look at like plants used to be way bigger. Animals used to be way bigger. So assumably like, why wouldn't people be way bigger? Exactly. Yeah. Ancient fauna was massive. Yeah. And, and ancient animals there, they found, um, Oh, what was it? They found like uh, scorpions that were the size of dogs in, in fossil <laughs> records. So, can you imagine that? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine <laughs> the comparison with the size of like a person <laughs> versus like <sighs> if, a, if a scorpion's this big, imagine like how theoretically big like the rest oh, of the animals no. would be. Right. Uh. I mean, even, even like even dinosaurs, if you think about it, like dinosaurs, we're supposed to believe there's things like brontosaurus, which is like so big, it seems unimaginable. We can't picture a human being 10 feet tall or 20 feet tall, you know? But yeah, we have basketball players are already like seven, eight feet tall. So it's like, it's, it's there, you know, they, they, there's still some yeah. type of like DNA that's still like relevant in people. And obviously it doesn't fully mix perfectly with you with like normal human DNA, because that's when you start having like all of these like weird birth defects and different issues. But again, maybe that's the process of certain things are intended to be able to breed with each other. So if you have a giant and a giant, everything's going to work out properly. You're not going to have any like health issues. But if you try to mix a giant with a human, you have something small body, something big body, then you're going to have this weird in between where their body isn't able to take the weight that it wants to grow to because you have a mix of the both. And that could be where you see a lot of like giantism now with people is because it's actually like a, like a gene that's not really intended to work properly or you know it's the same idea as like you know people breeding dogs and they start having like certain health defects like breathing issues and things like that because the dog isn't really meant to breed with this other type of dog i mean yes it works but it's it's not those that those two dnas aren't necessarily like intended to go together we we gave the example of ligers because with a liger it's essentially and i want to make sure i get this right i think it's a female tiger and a male lion or vice versa it's probably it's one or the other but my point is it only works one way and that's because 
Same I'm with males. You have it right. Yeah. Male lion, female tiger. Okay. The male lion doesn't have a growth inhibitor gene and the female tiger doesn't have a growth inhibitor gene. So two tigers together, one of the pair is going to have a growth inhibitor gene. Two lions together, one of the pairs is going to have a growth inhibitor gene. But when you mix them in that specific way, the child, the, the, the offspring, the liger is born without the ability to stop growing at a certain point. So it doesn't reach, you know, 300 pounds and be like, all right, there's my cutoff. That's why ligers get to be like 900 pounds or, or more. So um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened in humans. I mean, I, that's what I believe did happen. So I mean, it's not those, uh, outside of the realm of science either. Wouldn't that be the biggest cat on the planet then would be like the lager if it was like 900 oh, yeah. pounds? Because I believe that the biggest sure. like normal is lions and they're like 300 and 300. something pounds. Yeah. I think the Siberian tiger is bigger, but it's not anywhere close to what a liger is. A liger is at least double that. That's insane, though. Just imagine, like, a 900-pound cat. Like, imagine what, like, the capability was if you were able to figure out, like, two specific, like, DNAs that you're able to mix together. And, I mean, maybe there's certain ones in certain scenarios or they're actually able to work. And maybe that's when you start getting, like, Sasquatch, for example. Maybe somewhere down the line, it was, like, a human DNA mixed with a Sasquatch DNA. Because, you know, you hear a lot of these, like, old folklore stories about, like, Sasquatch beings taking women from villages and reproducing mm. with them, you know, back at that time, maybe they were seeing these like big hairy things. And at that point, maybe it was a giant that would just, again, was just hairy from living in the woods, you know, kind of like um, how, like a hog, for example, like if you put a pig in the woods, they're going to start growing hair and developing to be able to fit that environment. <clears throat> and then, you know, maybe it started off as giants or a misperception of giants. And then because of the intermixing and breeding with humans, now you have like what we imagine as like a Sasquatch. And that's where that whole thing came from. And maybe there's another DNA you mix in. And that's when you start getting this uh, whole dog man phenomenon. Cause right. to me, at least I still kind of entertain the theory that it may not be an entirely different animal. You know, it may be somewhat in the same family. I'm not saying that they're the Sasquatch and the Dogman is the same thing, but maybe they're a lot more similar than people realize they are. Like they're looking at them as two different creatures, but realistically, like they're within the same family, you know, like the same yeah, as glad- like a rat and like a, like a mouse, you know, like mm-hmm. they're in the same family, I'm but glad- they have different appearances, you know? I'm glad you brought that up because it comes up a lot in the Michigan Dogman lore, where it's like, what's that one? Maybe you know this. There's one in uh, the UP that people claim is a dogman, but it definitely looks more like a Sasquatch. It's one of the best photos. I can't remember it. I, I If I knew it, I'd look it up right now and show you. But basically, it seems like there's a lot of the the mixture of those two things. And I was, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've, I've always been curious about why they get kind of mixed up. It, it, is it because they're, you think they're more similar than we think? Like with Dogman, there's not a ton of really good photos, I guess. So maybe it's just we're looking at them a little, we're thinking about them more the way that we would think of like a werewolf in a movie than what they really are. That's kind of where I'm kind of leaning more towards is that, you know, assumably there's going to be like more aggressive races or variations of people because of past experiences, different things that they've adapted to in the environment. Maybe like Sasquatch is more known for, you know, living more secluded where they don't have to be as territorial. And then you have this other group where they kind of live on the fringes of society because they've learned how to basically like live off of scraps theoretically like from people like you hear dogmen going after like people's dogs people's livestock i mean you hear that with sasquatch too but it's more so with like dogman um maybe that's where like the variation comes in is just because they're more so living on the edge of society so they have to be more aggressive and more territorial and a lot of what you know everything that was classified in the past 
every time somebody encountered like some type of bipedal uh, hominoid in the in the woods, they would instantly mm-hmm. assume it was Sasquatch. And it wasn't until you know everybody started podcasting and really talking about their experiences that I feel like we really started to like define what certain things are. So right. I still yeah. frequently wonder if a lot of these old Sasquatch encounters that people have could actually be like quote dogman encounters, and it just it was they just didn't have like a means of classifying it at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You also said that like <clears throat> this idea of giants interbreeding with humans and making something like Sasquatch. If you think about like the the way the Kandahar giant and things like that are depicted, they're they're generally really hairy and they're you know covered in in red hair, particularly in some of the depending on where you go for Sasquatch lore. Like some of them are brown or black, but some of them are, are kind of red haired too. So yeah, then you have the Native American can, uh, red haired cannibals too that were giants. Yeah. Yep. So that's just yeah, that's right. Cannibalism is another feature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes all the way back to, to biblical stuff about cannibalism being a feature of the giants. But I mean, just in general though, just humans and males in general are intended to be like hairy type beings. So assumably if you were something that was always living in the woods or being primal where like humans like us, we're used to living in houses that are heated. We have like our own, we have clothing, we have all this. So assumably as generations go on, that hair is less and less needed. And that's how, mm-hmm. why, like even just if you look generational, like our, our parents had way more facial hair and way more like chest hair and everything than like mm-hmm. our generation does. Right. So who's to say that, you know, it's, it kind of works that way or we've pushed away from being hairy because it's not really needed. But if we were living in the woods or we're some type of being that was in the woods or a giant, like for example, that's living off the land or trying to hide in a cave, like the giant of Kandahar, like you'd need that hair in order to keep yourself warm. So they're going to adapt to be way more hairy to begin with. And maybe if they're living in a cold enough place, you know, you're going to just going to keep developing as much hair as possible to keep yourself warm. And, maybe there's like a common link between giant and Sasquatch just off of that. And maybe, mm-hmm. you know, they have like a same ancestor and they've kind of adapted to be two different things just because of like what they were living in or looking into, if you believe in like the whole concept of like evolution and things like that, maybe Sasquatch is like the the predecessor to giants. Like as the giants died off, like this was the new thing that fit that niche. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I think at this point, it seems kind of undeniable just with like fossils and and stories and things like that. It's like this, this goes back to what I was saying. Like at some point, when does anecdote become evidence? When this many people are seeing and experiencing these things, when there's this much history about these things, like at what point do we just start going? Yeah, no, this stuff probably exists. It, It was, it wasn't until 1901, I believe that the silverback gorilla was, was it the silverback? It was a gorilla of some type. They it was a mountain it was, they gorilla. They literally thought it was a it was a mountain gorilla. Yeah, that's right. They thought it was a cryptid, and they people called him ape man the way that we would call something like dog man. Right? We didn't have like a normal name for it, so it was like, oh, the ape man. That's that's a myth. It's whatever. And then it's like very accepted. Not that not that much later. And that's kind of where Tarzan came from because because that idea of gorillas was a cryptid, and mm-hmm. Tarzan's that that link between the two. He's the he's the ape man. Yeah. He's the cryptid. I mean, even kind of bouncing into that too, you have things like the rock apes in Vietnam where it's it's like normal yeah. amongst the people, like even like soldiers and stuff that went there. They're talking about the uh, the stone apes like they're just a normal thing. Like, you know, we were trying to shoot the Viet Cong and then these damn things would just pop up out of nowhere and throw some rocks at us and take off. Like, they're fucking annoying. Like, it's 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 also a like a... cryptid stuff from Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, dude, there's so much deep woods and just weird stuff. Indonesia yeah. too, like... 
there's they're always discovering new caverns that have like their own like ecosystems and stuff sustaining within them like just so much weirdness over there that I feel like there's if there's entrances to Hollow Earth anywhere it's probably within like Vietnam <laughs> Indonesia like that whole area <laughs> That's one thing that we have not gotten into yet that keeps coming up. And this is one of the ways that we de- we decide what we're going to do next is what keeps coming up and just like insisting on being covered almost. Um, but all of the tunnels and all of the caverns and things is just fascinating. Yeah, I mean, shit, even going into like Mammoth Cave in like North America, um, there's mm. some people that say that there's like entrances to Agartha in certain spots. Like there's that endless hole that people think is, you know, like a, an entrance to Hollow Earth. And I mean, potentially it could be. I mean, the only people that really so, know for sure is somebody who's throwing a camera down there. And assumably the only people able to throw a camera down there are people that get government approval to do so. <laughs> so what you're saying is that we all need to go to CryptidCon this year and then hang out at the Mammoth Caves and explore them in Kentucky. <laughs> you remember everybody was doing that Storm Area 51? We're going to do Storm uh, the Endless Hole in Mammoth Cave. Yes, let's do there it. There we go. Just go into it like lemmings. Do some spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> get some get some wingsuits and see what we find. That would be the way to go. I don't even think of that one. That's base jumping. <laughs> let's not do both. <laughs> So uh, I definitely want to, I meant to ask you a little bit earlier before we started kind of deteriorating into a totally different uh, conversation, but as far as like the Dogman stuff goes, I mean, for me at least, I kind of come at it from like three possible angles, but before I throw my different views and opinions and angles at you guys, uh, what what's kind of like your opinion on the phenomenon? Do you think it's like something that's naturally here? Do you think it's something created? Like where do you guys kind of fall? I think it's either here or it's... I think there's a reason these creatures are always blurry in, in photographs and, and any attempt to capture them. And even in your memory, there seems to be something either otherworldly about them in that they're not quite here or they're just so far out of what you want to accept that your brain edits them out. So I'm not sure entirely if I think they're a hundred percent here or just kind of on that edge of presumably if something is in the fourth dimension, you could still see it in the third um, at the right angle. You just wouldn't see all of it. So I could see that potentially being it, but I definitely think it's real. I I think, I definitely think it's real. I, I would say like, there's definitely, as we get talking about stuff like giants interbreeding with humans and, and different uh, strings of evolution, stuff like that. I think it's interesting, but I actually don't think that's what it is for a few reasons. And one of them is it seems like, especially with Sasquatch, there's always some type of, th- there's two things you generally see around Sasquatch. And that's these weird balls of light and UFOs. And for me, it's just like when those things are constantly together all the time, I think it's pointing towards something more. So I would, I would go a little bit more into these things being either, some type of creation of the Nephilim going back to when it says that they, you know, they weren't just messing with humans. They started to corrupt animals as well. And I think that it, it accounts for a lot of ancient stories about like bullmen and dogmen and things like that. Uh, we got into it with like all the different names, of the Nephilim in the Bible actually have names that mean something more. Um, even the Rephaim were talked about as in possibly sleeping in giant coffins, uh, stuff like that. So maybe where you get the idea of vampires. So I think it's, and that's spiritual in and of itself, if you know the, the history of the Nephilim. But mm. I think that there's something otherworldly and spiritual about these things beyond just uh, normal cryptozoology uh, for for a lot of reasons. But that's that's where I that's where I lean towards. 
I mean, even off of like what you were saying, there's still like the whole like Anunnaki aspect of things too, where, you know, they were mixing DNA and creating different things. And I've even come at it from the point of like, you know, you don't want one specific type of being for every single job. Like you'd create different beings to do different jobs. So you might have like the humans as like the ones that can get kind of in there and be like the smaller, more compact ones. And then you have like the Sasquatch that would be like your heavy lifters. And then you have like your dog men that would be like your security guards. You know, you'd assumably be, if you had the ability to create different types of races, you wouldn't just make one, you kind of make multiples and there still be, might be remnants left over of those. And then, right. I mean, at least yeah. for me, for my research, I come at it from a couple different angles. I mean, of course, I always like to entertain the different folklore stuff. It's always fun to entertain the woo-woo that there might be, you know, humans that are able to transform into these things through some type of, like, witchcraft or whatever you want to call it. I mean, mm -hmm. it could even be a science, but it's just a misunderstood science right now, so we consider it a magic. Or the second angle is that they are something that's naturally here, and I don't necessarily think that they're, like, anything interdimensional. They just might be something that's smaller numbers, but that may also just mm -hmm. be because they're an apex predator, you know, where maybe they right. live in like right. small packs where there might only be like four of them or whatever, but they may control like a hundred mile radius, you know? And then yeah. the third angle I come at, and this is why I was asking if you heard the metallic door sound is that they could be something that's uh, government created. And even just off of the aspect of like there being folklore of werewolves that already inspires that somebody down the line one day is going to eventually try to create that because that's just how the right. human mind works is that we don't want to hear something impossible. We want to try to create it. So, I mean, if we we're able to clone sheep back in the nineties, um, assumably I'm not saying that they're taking like soldiers and mixing some kind of wolf DNA with them and like creating this like monster. But I think that it's, definitely likely that they could be taking like human DNA, uh, some type of like dog DNA. And then almost like I, the best way I can relate it is like Jurassic park where they take a little bit of DNA from other animals in order to be able to complete the gene sequence. And they essentially create these things to be like attack dogs for them. And then when mm -hmm. people hear the metallic door sounds and like the weird grinding sounds, I think that there's like these underground bases where they like release them to test them or they release them to feed them. But uh, like, I mean, there's caves all over North America and it seems like a lot of the places where people are seeing these things are like Kentucky, just areas where there's like high amounts of caves and, you know, underground government right. bases sound kind of ridiculous to some people, but realistically, if you... That's extremely cost effective. You essentially just put a door on either end of it, and you have a completely like bomb-proof fucking base NORAD was underground. A, NORAD was a conspiracy theory too before it was real. So mm -hmm. that's a giant underground base. Yeah, no, I can see that. As far as I mean, especially like when I look back and I'm like, I think, I think we, I think somebody was definitely creating these beings thousands of years ago if they're doing it then would, would it surprise me that our government's doing it now when they kind of tell us like you gotta think too they're only gonna tell you so much and if they're putting it in publication in 2008 that they're mixing successfully pig dna with humans frog dna with humans um monkey dna with you like all these things that they were doing back almost 20 years ago maybe the furries are soft disclosure you know what i'm saying yeah it's a little <laughs> bit of self disclosure. it's a little bit of revelation of the method i think so because now, the, the, you know, they, they had that whole, you can be whatever you want to be. And that's where, you know, the transgender movement kind of started. But this whole furry movement of like, you can be whatever animal you want to be. And then the next thing you know, you know, we're doing this whole like transgender movement thing now. But 20 years from now, people are going to, you know, you already hear people saying it like I'm frog gender, I'm wolf gender. So what happens when the government mm -hmm. says, all right, you want to be part wolf? No problem. We'll make you a half human, half wolf. But you have to trickle feed that ask. into everything first. <laughs> 
I forgot to ask you, do you want me to call you by your frog frog self pronouns? Yes, please. Or... Okay. <laughs> Actually, I yeah, go by I adjectives and the only adjective I go by is awesome. So thank you. Please, please only call me awesome. <laughs> awesome and awesome self. <laughs> I, it wouldn't surprise me at all, honestly, if we got to the point where people are like actually trying to mutilate themselves into looking like animals. I, I don't think that that's that far off. We've already opened Pandora's box on this stuff. So I mean, we're already kind of there. You see those like snake yeah. tattoo and this is Remember when that was there. the big thing in the nineties of like the freak show TV shows you'd see late at night, that dude that like put the balls underneath his skin and split his tongue and tattooed his body to look like a lizard and stuff like that. You guys haven't seen it cause you're men and also cause you're normal, <laughs> but looking at the looks coming out of the Met Gala tonight, Doja cat went actually as a cat with prosthetics on her face um, and then another person straight up dressed in a cat suit. So they are putting that mainlining that right now. See, I told you yeah, it's starting they're man. previewing what they want. They yeah. got to converge yeah. the three because they're going for this like satanic like like what at least like what they envision like the demonic to be, which is this combination of male, female and animal. And we already have the male mm. female thing starting to happen. And <laughs> I'm glad we had this conversation because I never pieced all this shit together. But now I'm seeing it that they are progressing for this whole Mm-hmm. eventually they might start giving you the option to start mixing yourself with animal DNA because you got furries, you got people using these animal pronouns. Like, we're we're slowly mm-hmm. getting there. <laughs> Give it, like, 10 years, and I guarantee you it'll be a talking point, at least. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. And, and all this stuff lately, I said this a few years ago. I'm like, I feel like we went from the change happens slowly to the change happens all at once phase. Because mm-hmm. that's how I think change, change happens slowly and then all at once. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, what part of what, in what way has that not been true? World War three on the horizon, uh, AI, like we weren't talking about it six months ago, like the, the transgender stuff, like it just, everything that the timeline is sped up so much that you say 10 years. I'm like, I don't even 10 months wouldn't surprise me at this point. Dude, when five years say- ago, the whole trans thing and COVID thing, like I would have never right. even thought that would even have been possible. <laughs> Right. Whenever you say slowly and then all at once, I think like ketchup coming out of a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. Facts. And the truth of it is nobody likes it when you get that and then you're played. So (laughs) we're getting there slowly, but surely. You think we could. Yeah. You think that with all the technological advances, we could fix ketchup. (laughs) At least we went beyond the glass bottle where you just like smack the back of it until you got like yeah, half the bottle that was, of your hot dog. That was always a poor choice. No, we skipped past yeah. that actually. We're not even going to ever perfect a ketchup bottle. We're going to perfect a robot that masters how to pour ketchup because that's what we do as humans. Ah. Instead of going for the simple solution, we're like, fuck you, we can make robots. We're going to make a robot do it for us. There we go. Just have this hands wow, that robo. ride up to the side of your side of your plate and just give you a nice little perfect tap. <laughs> You put the exact ounces of how much ketchup you want and it just masterfully can only dump exactly that amount. Be like, fuck yeah, humans, that's what we do. <laughs> not not even mad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so um I guess starting to kind of kind of feed towards the end because we could definitely go on for a while. I know you guys said you're a little bit uh, time limited. So uh, I guess starting to kind of gear it towards the end a little bit here. I always like to do words of wisdom to leave everything kind of on a high note because we've touched some, you know, kind of untouchable topics, but I don't get to do it very often. So I always take the opportunity when I have it. So also thank you for that one. But uh, if there's any words of wisdom that you guys could bestow on the listeners and be it if you guys want to use the same words of wisdom or individually, uh, what would it be? 
I, I think the one thing that we keep coming back to is when people tell you who they are, you have to believe them. Yes. I think that's the one thing that we keep seeing all the time is they, Bill Gates goes out and he tells you, hey, I actually want to use the vaccines to depopulate. Well, he couldn't possibly mean that. He couldn't possibly mean that. Then we see it happening. When, when, when the, the problem in the conspiracy world is we're constantly looking for why people are lying to us. We're not often enough looking for when they're telling us the truth. Mm. And I think I'm more freaked out by when they're telling us the truth. And I think if we can learn to distinguish those things and start to believe believe them to some degree when they're telling you who they are, um, it'd go a long ways. So that's my words of wisdom. Mine is that you have to be so much braver. A lot of times we think that the barrier between somebody and seeing something or realizing it is intelligence, but it's not. It's courage. And I think so often people are not willing to see things that they need to see in their worlds because they're just not brave enough. And um, that's a, that's a choice. I mean, even playing off of what you're saying too, going into the not being brave enough sometimes, I feel like there's a lot of things go happening in society now where people have opinions on it, but they're scared to have an opinion because they don't want society to judge them for it. But if they yeah. would just give their opinion out on the topic, then we can start pushing some of this stuff back That's we all are honestly admitting is going too far. And just people are yeah. scared to admit that it's things are going too far, be it AI, yeah. be it this trans thing, like a lot of things are just going too far because we've reached a point where now we're just getting into this aspect of like it, we don't care if something's like morally right for society to even have as an option we're just into this like we can do it so fuck it we're gonna do it <laughs> can i can i add on to that and change yeah. my answer <laughs> of course because <laughs> there's a certain subsect of society that is not afraid to just say this is what i think this is what i believe deal with it. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who are, you were saying, I think we'd all agree are pushing society too far in one really bad direction. I think we need to stop apologizing and just be more mm -hmm. Chad. Yes. Meme. Yes. I think when people are like, do you really think that? Do you really believe that? Like, yes. yes. Not well. Yeah. But, and here's why. Mm -hmm. And then you come off as weak. It's like the other side of the argument's not doing that. Um, the people who are trying to, to, to mutilate your kids aren't doing that. So just say yes. Yeah. Let your yes Chad be yes. More Chad, no meme. More yeah. Chad, yes meme. Less oh hemming and hawing and apologizing. Yeah, or or trying to give somebody a really, really intricate logical response to their insanity. Right. Like maybe just more no, more just laughing at them. By doing that, you are granting that their thing is not insane and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you think it deserves a logical response, you are already losing the battle by saying, actually, you do have a logical reason to think this way and believe this way and do these things. So let me try to have a more logical reason. It, we don't need that. It doesn't work. I mean, even, even going off of that too, I feel like people just need to develop thicker skin again. Like we had it and now everybody's just so weak on that aspect that if anybody says an opinion that's the opposite of somebody else's, there's no just like sit down and have a conversation and talk about it. It instantly goes into a point where everybody takes everything extremely personal and then it just gets into this whole argument that's not really about what it's about necessarily. Like I see it all the time now with this like whole Bud Light thing that it's like, you know, I understand the situation, but there's so many people that are so like personally tied to it that they can't actually like have a debate or a conversation about like why they aren't okay with it because they're just so emotionally attached. They're just like, my fucking, they just ruined my beer. They just ruined my beer. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. They just, they just fucked up my beer. I don't want it now. Like people just need to learn how to yeah. develop some thicker skin again, you know? 
If you don't like something, Absolutely. just don't fucking pay attention to it. If you don't want to buy fucking Bud Light, don't buy fucking Bud Light. Like, you don't need to get buy real beer that anyway. personal Come with on. it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Better stuff out there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong there. I mean, yeah. that's like, uh, I mean, kind of the joke anyways, that of course that would be the beer. That would be the one that would be, you know, pushing the woke agenda. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> I think I had a tweet that I was like, I don't know if I'm more offended that Bud Light is the uh, Dylan Mulvaney is pretending to be a woman or the Bud Light's pretending to be a beer. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> it's like watered down. I don't even want to call it watered down. It pretty much is water with like a splash of beer in it. Yeah. <laughs> Low <It's>, calories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that, um, anybody that's enjoyed the conversation, uh, where can they come find your guys show at and find you guys at? So we stream every Wednesday night. Um, we, we do our show on YouTube and Twitch and all these things, but we keep the full show up on rumble. Um, you can get it. We do, oh man, it's like an hour, hour and a half, two hours sometimes, but we do the whole main part that goes out for the audio listeners. You can find us anywhere you listen to audio podcasts, but the, the great part about coming over and catching it live on Wednesday nights is that we end that portion that goes out to everybody else. And we just talk to the audience and answer questions. And I think that that's one of the most fun parts of the show. Um, and all of our links are at conspiracypill.com. We also do a bonus uh, behind the paywall show Thursday nights, which is on our locals channel. It's on Rockfin. Um, and yeah, what, what do you think, Abby? Did I miss anything? No, I think you got it. Yeah, conspiracypill.com. All of our links are there. That's the easy way to do it. And of course, I'll add it down in the show description to make it quick and easy for anybody going and trying to find it. And uh, I appreciate you guys making the time to come on today. It's been an awesome conversation. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing this next time because I feel like we could definitely bounce into a lot of different realms of theories and conspiracies in the future. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to take that extra five seconds to leave a rating on Spotify or spend an extra 30 seconds to hopefully leave an awesome rating for the show on iTunes because that's a good way to, of course, help the show grow and make it so more people get to see it. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think there's a friend that may enjoy the episode, word of mouth, of course, is an awesome way to help the show grow. And I definitely appreciate anything that you guys do. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you guys can email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com or you can shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the one that I'm the most active on on, or you can fill out the submission form on the link tree, which will go directly to my email. Uh, everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.